Greetings, starseeds, and welcome to A Cosmic Journey. The podcast where we talk about everything about life on Earth, from the physical to the metaphysical. I'm Demi Wilde. And I'm Jay Maceo. This week we've got some weird news stories. We play Mary Fuck Kill with our co-star horoscopes, Jay's cosmic insights on meditation, <laughs> and we take a deep dive into the black hole of trauma. Yeah, we Doesn't do. Doesn't that sound exciting? It sounds exciting and a little <laughs> bit scary. Hopefully not too traumatic. Definitely not. Um, anyways, how's this week been for you? It's been excellent. Yeah? It's been excellent. What has gone on? Uh, I've finally got my check. Uh, you dig. Yes, check. the stimulus check that everyone else got like in April. Mm-hmm. I got mine today uh, after a run, so I don't Wait, know. Wait, you got the first one this week? I got the first one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just sent out the new ones, I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know about the new ones, but I got the first one, so I'm glad about that. That took months. And I've been in the uh, studio working hard. Working How's cr- that been going? Really good, really good. I've gotten some compliments, so this uh, this uh, next batch of songs, maybe album, will be very, very awesome. I don't think I'm the only one, though, who has some exciting news for this week. I don't. I don't want to say anything just yet, but I, it, it's very brand new, and I, I don't like to give everything away up front. I, I have a bad habit of doing that, so I'm trying to change that about myself. Okay. However, this week has been a very good week. I have had a very good like burst of creativity. Nice. Um, I have definitely... I took myself on a date. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> nice. I took myself on a date. I went to... Um, I went to the Grove, um, I got some lunch, I went to Barnes & Noble, and I got these shorts today. Nice! Those are cute! Oh, Thanks. I like those! Yeah. At the end of the day, were you a gentleman, or...? Oh, I was a slut. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely not my first date with myself, but I think everyone needs uh, a little self-date every once in a while. Yes, self-love. We On this show, in A Cosmic Journey, we appreciate the self-love. Definitely. We love love. Um, well, we've definitely got some news stories for us. Should we jump into them? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I One thing I wanted to talk about, so... Uh, the date that this is being recorded is 8-8. Right. Uh, it's supposedly one of the luckiest days of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they say take advantage of it. Uh, hope you can still take advantage. You'll be able to take advantage for a couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, so if you're hearing this on 8-10, have no, don't fret. I, I just have to say this before we jump into this. The reason that this story caught my attention yeah. was that I remember, I'm going to sound like an old person, 32 years ago today. You were about uh, uh, negative one month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, negative like like 20-something days. Yeah. But my uncle Major, who is no longer with us, I remember him saying, this is the eighth day of the eighth month of the 88th year. And he gave me my love of numbers, and I remember that, that whole conversation. Wow. But it's not just something that I remember, but it's also one of the luckiest days of the year. It says uh, right here, if you're not already feeling the power, powerful roar of Leo season 2020 in your life, trust that soon because of August 8th, the blazing sun in Leo will link up with the bright star of Sirius, not just a radio station, <laughs> uh, and create a cosmic alignment known as the Lion's Gate Portal. That sounds intense. It, it does because it's a lion. You know, lions will eat you up. But uh, it's it, it's awesome, and there are a couple of reasons that they say. Now, uh, why is it so powerful? What is it? The energy is activated by a couple of factors. Combine the rising star, Sirius, which becomes visible on the eastern sky. Guess when? Around this date, 8-8, eight, eight, mm-hmm. every year. It's alignment with the powerful summer sun in Leo. Uh, 
you know, I have to say this. I don't, if anyone believe, you know, it lives by astrology and tells you about it, it's generally Leo's. Yeah. I have no idea why. <laughs> I used to have a running joke, and of course, I, I'd see the, the beauty in astrology, but I used to say, you know what? I don't believe in astrology, but you know who does? Libras and Leos. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but I'm a crazy Gemini. But it's not only astrology that kind of does this, too. It's like, there's like a numerology aspect to it. Yes. Because like, eight is like, basically like an infinity symbol to turn upright. It's funny. I used to, I knew a, um, a uh, lady celebrating an eighth anniversary of something, and, when, and on her eighth anniversary, she said, eight, you turned it on its side, and it's infinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I used to be a preacher. Mm-hmm. So in biblical numerology, eight is the number, you know, in general numerology, it's the number of uh, abundance. But in biblical numerology, it's the number of new beginnings. Wow. Be- there's seven days of a week. Uh, and the, on the eighth day, it's the beginning of a new week. Just like uh, seven is the number of, you know, in biblical numerology, is a number of completion or perfection, you know, seven days a week. So the eighth is a starting of something new. And I think that especially in 2020, when we're living in a grand and crazy and new time, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. It is. Um, definitely, if you're into that side of stuff, this is the time to uh, make your intentions and uh, just make sure that you're doing everything that you do to make the the next year or so the best year of your life. Yeah, that folks call what's going on right now the Great Awakening. Mm -hmm. One of my new mantras, and we'll get into this part of this later, is that I live in the best time to be alive. Definitely. Because it can look so much like 20... I saw uh, something online. Do you ever remember the movie Gremlins? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, somebody I wrote something. It's like, oh, what's coming up in August and September? And they had a picture of a magwai, you know, uh, in the sink and someone turning on water. Oh, like, shit. that's what we're getting prepared for. Yeah. But I look at this as like, number one, it's a grand time, this great awakening for what can happen mm-hmm. during this time. And number two, I think it's the greatest time to be alive because it's the present. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like that we've all kind of chosen to be here during this time because we want to experience this uh, big shift. Um, but speaking of shifts, uh, so NASA's not the only thing going into space nowadays. Did you know that? I did. I did. On Sunday, I actually got a chance to see the uh, the SpaceX Dragon disembark from the International Space Station. If anybody saw that, it was actually pretty cool. Um, but they did it live on Twitter, the feed. And then uh, they fell to Earth shortly afterwards. Um, but the interesting part about this is that uh, the SpaceX Dragon uh, actual shuttle itself, as it was entering the atmosphere, um, they said that, uh, actually I'll just read the quote, but they said there was a crazy sound that happened, like a roar. Oh. Um, uh, he uh, So NASA astronauts Bob Benkin and Doug Hurley careened to Earth inside SpaceX Dragon's capsule on Sunday. The two said that the vehicle truly came alive when it plunged to Earth's atmosphere. The capsule vibrated, jolted, and roared while the surrounding air heated up and scorched the outside of the vessel. Wow. Like a real dragon. Like a real dragon. And you're a, you're the dragon. I did. <laughs> um, I did record uh, Binkins. Okay, so I did record some of the audio of it, but it doesn't sound like a machine. It sounds like an animal coming through the atmosphere with all the puffs that are happening from the thrusters and the atmospheric noise, Binkins said during the press conference following the landing. It just continues to gain magnitude as you descend down through the atmosphere. I feel like, uh, actually, one of the things that I got 
on my on my uh, little self date was I got a new deck of tarot cards. Oh, right here. I saw but, um, something like that. You you posted on social media. Yeah, we have um, social media. <laughs> We're social. <laughs> We're social. Um, but yeah, this is the Dragon Tarot. For those of us that can't actually see it on the podcast, I'm sorry, but we are recording this episode. We can maybe see it on YouTube later. Surprise! But um, this uh, uh, dragons are like my spirit animals. So I collected them since I was a kid. I have tons of figurines. Anything dragon related is great. I, I found this fascinating just because I didn't even intend to see the actual disembark, and I didn't even know what it was called. Mm-hmm. But being the first like vessel, non like from a private company. Um, being called Dragon, and as it entered the atmosphere, it actually came alive. That's just, it was so, like, kind of fascinating and exciting to me to, like, watch that. Yeah. That it's like, wow, this is so cool, dragons are roaring! <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's super cool that, you know, we're now almost to the point where we can actually have normal people going up into space for, like, tours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The last time that happened, you were, and I, I shouldn't do this because it makes me sound old, uh, but the one of the last times that happened was in, God, I want to say, 86, 87, the Challenger. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, yeah. Oh, that was... We, yeah, we watched that live on TV, yeah. and we were like, what is that? We were kids, you know, in uh, elementary school, and we were like, what was it, Big Burst? So that was kind of, you know, a little, that was intense. That was intense. Yeah. Actually, in my elementary school, I'm not sure why it was there. Maybe one of the, one of the teachers went, or was from that school, but at my elementary school, mm-hmm. there was a monument to the Challenger. Wow. Yeah. I grew up with that just in our playground. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Weird. No. And you weren't even, wow, you weren't even born yet when that happened. Nope, I wasn't. Jeez Louise. <laughs> I want to see was a teacher uh, from uh, your school, because we knew it was a teacher, but I was in Texas. I don't know where the teacher was from. Apparently, Visalia, California. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't even... I, I, I might be wrong about that, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't understand why there wouldn't... Why there would be a, a monument otherwise oh, like okay. in, in an elementary school. No. Oh. But, yeah, there you go. Nice. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what's next? Uh, what's next uh, is... Uh, do we want to do another story? Yeah. Well, this is something that I've been uh, thinking about. Uh, of course, I'm thinking about it because it's one of my stories. Uh, I want to talk about chips. <laughs> I'm hungry. Why? I am so hungry. Oh, give me some corn chips, baby. But no, no, we're talking about uh, micro chips. Ah. So uh, employees, you know, sometimes, oh, I lost my badge. I lost this. There are, I would say one company, because I, I started think, looking at this, there was a company in Wisconsin that was doing this, but uh, there's an article that came out recently that talked about how microchipping employees has become a rising tr- uh, trend. Uh, so they are. There's a couple of companies doing this. They put a microchip in uh, that's about the size of a grain of rice. I've and heard about this. Yeah. They the you know what they're saying is that you know if you use this microchip, it'll you know hackers can't hack or it makes it harder for hackers mm-hmm. to do things. Uh, you don't have to carry a badge around with you. You can put something in your you know that's always on you in mm-hmm. your hand. Uh, it can give you access into buildings. You can buy things of the you know in the vending machine with just a swipe. And right now, it's of course it's uh, not mandatory. You know, people yeah. are opting to to do it if their companies uh, let let them do it. What do you, what do you think about this? I don't like this. Me either. Because it adds a level of uh, like what's the word I'm thinking of uh, when you when you're just like 
by yourself and, and it's a level of just like privatization that doesn't actually like yeah like sit well with me um i know they there's actually a weird kind of like um th- uh, theory that i've heard about this mm-hmm. so like with the whole aspect of microchipping it's almost like biblically pros- prophesized i was yeah people are people have assumed that microchipping is the mark of the beast right right they because there'll be something in the hand or the head is what was uh yeah and it takes away people's like autonomy was the word i'm thinking of okay um it takes away the autonomy of people it takes away like privatization um people want to have like their social security information on there their you know their banking information on there and all that stuff and it's like that's kind of weird to me like i don't like that yeah i mean and also you know the folks if there's a manager at your uh, at the job so right now there's a person with access to it uh and they can see where you are yeah Yeah, location at a certain amount oh i'm sick hey no you're in baltimore yeah (laughs) and and not that you know i just you know i'm talking about this from a fact of a point of you know you want to hide something because there's certain people that say well you know if you're not doing anything wrong why should you why would you feel bad being looked into but again having autonomy i think there's certain freedoms that, that that are just inherent now right now there are this uh, one guy that uh, was part of this article they talked about. He had one microchip at work and one to pick up his daughter. So two different microchips. And the plan is what the people are talking about mm-hmm. is instead of having one microchip for this place, one microchip for another place, that everyone will have or you know, many people have a microchip and information will be taken off there. Because you think about things like what happens when you leave this company. Right now, as is, you have this... Uh, microchip there mm-hmm. and they're going to have to you know what happens when they have to you know right now they can just cut it out of you or that's the way they remove the <coughs> microchip yeah. but you have to have get it implanted which takes about 20 minutes yeah but now there's a, a thing who wants to be cut into for them to remove it yeah well not only that but like have, have you ever had your identity stolen <laughs> yes <laughs> me too yes um there's ways that they can do it just by like scanning your wallet that's in your back pocket yes i've had that happen yeah me too yeah or there's like ways that they can read it without actually looking at it so like who's to say like what could happen in the next you know year or two after this technology has been implanted in people that people will just all of a sudden find a way to scan that information then right all your personal information all of your uh, bank information, everything is just out there in the open. The the what people are starting to say here is that this is something that will make it hacking harder. But I'd venture to say that as hackers get sm- as technology They'll increases, get smarter, yeah. hackers get smarter, yeah. and they're one step ahead of the proverbial game. And I think yeah, that that makes hacking a lot easier because all your information is right there, accessible. So right. Well, that's terrifying and disturbing. It is. <laughs> it's as scary. I have something a little bit uh, lighter okay. for this last news article. <laughs> but um, so Americans are suffering. Trump offers them a doctor who warns of sex with demons. <laughs> oh no! So according to Mayo Clinic, endometriosis is an often painful disorder in which tissue similar to the tissue that normally lines the inside of the uterus, the endometrium, grows outside of the uterus. It could be really painful for people that have this this thing. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> Stella Emanuel, oh yes, is a Houston pediatrician and spiritual leader of Firepower Ministries. Um, she is one of Trump's spirit 
guides or you know big supporters and i think she actually works in the white house to some extent mm-hmm. but um she says that uh endometriosis and other potentially dangerous gynecological conditions are the residue of sexual intercourse with demons of course yeah <laughs> these demons and the spirit husbands and spirit wives or incubus and succubus demons mm-hmm. uh once walked the earth in physical form after they drowned in noah's flood however they carried on only in non-corporeal form they mm-hmm. visit humans in sexy dreams which aren't dreams after all but spirit spouses making a booty call oh i, I i've actually had some of those dreams before <laughs> Uh-oh. well you know what i fully support demon sex <laughs> In dream form or corporeal form? Both. <laughs> All right. I mean, I. This sounds nuts. Mm-hmm. She sounds like a crazy whack job, and not not only that, but she says that the demons are responsible not only for diseases of the female reproductive system, mm-hmm. but also for male impotence, most financial troubles, and marital discords. That's why. That's why. <laughs> That's why I'm poor. It's because I've, I've had sex with demons. Because of the damn succubus. <laughs> If it weren't for that succubus, now I'm glad I have other things to to blame things on now. Yes, yes. yes. I can date, blame all your woes, your spiritual malaise, your your financial issues, all on demons. Yes, I can do that, <laughs> and I can do it well. I'm, I'm glad. I do, however, think that there might be a little bit of truth to this. Mm-hmm. I feel like demons do exist. Okay. Um, maybe not in the way that we think about them, but uh, that most people think about them, I should say. I think that... There's like a, a magical aspect to higher dimensional or even lower dimensional beings that might actually affect us here in the third dimension. Yeah, uh, well, this is what I, I'll say. I say that anything we put our attention to, something exists in some form simply by one putting their, giving their attention to it. Yeah. It, it, whether to what degree it exists, that's debatable, but... Once I speak something into existence, I say it, I think about it, even in thought, thoughts become things. Yeah. So, I, so I agree in that, in that yeah, aspect. The, the more people, like, kind of give power to the thing, the more the thing is fed, Oh, essentially. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, that's been fun. <laughs> yes, it's been scary, but fun. Watch out for your sexy dreams. Help! And, um, yeah, I think we're going to take a little bit of a break here, but we will be right back with some more uh, fun stuff. We will. We're taking a break, folks. And welcome back, everyone. That was a lovely little break, wasn't it? It was lovely. We broke. (laughs) Um, so we're going to get started with a fun game. Um, so those of you that don't know, we like to play a game called Right, Tight, or Not Quite. It's basically a merry fuck kill with our co-star horoscopes. Um, if you want to play at home, feel free to download CoStar as well. It's a lot of fun, and you can kind of understand a lot more about yourself by just gaining a little bit of insight. On CoStar, not sponsored. Not sponsored, by the way. Not, not, not yet. Yet. <laughs> CoStar, we love you. Um, so today, it says, good evening, Demi. You are not for everyone, is the main idea. Oh, damn. Which, uh, duh. <laughs> but, um, for many reasons, I think that's very true. Um, let's see. What do I want today? Let's do pressure in sex and love. So, your Venus in Cancer transforms your deep undercurrents into a special power. Your psychic sponge nature can help you avoid the expectation that love or sex will make you feel whole. 
Sex is nothing without sensitivity. Feel real emotions. Don't hide behind sentiment. Okay, well, psychic sponge nature can help you avoid the expectation that lover sex will make you feel whole. That's a that's a right for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel more psychically connected to someone that I have a, a, a an actual like emotional or kind of connection, whether it be like you know physical or. I like the idea of demisexualism because it's. it's I do too. Demisexual. We're not speaking of. Uh, Demi's not speaking of, uh, <laughs> of himself sexual. No, myself sexual. Right. But demisexual is actually kind of like um, when you feel sexually attracted to someone after you have like an emotional connection. connection. Yeah. Right. And I think that's very true. Um, but my psychic sponge nature, what that would mean for me would be like because it could help me avoid. Um, negative uh, sexual relations or romantic relations mm. because um, I can intuitively uh, avoid that. Okay. Right? <laughs> if you're sponging it up. Sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Sex is nothing without sensitivity. That's not... That's a that's a, a tight only because I think that um, sex can also just be a primal like response to things like you can definitely just be like yeah let's go but um, <laughs> i love what he would say a primal response like like oh <laughs> damn it taxes are due what's my response to that let's fuck. do some sex <laughs> let's fuck fucking <laughs> hey you know what it can it can because like you know we can use sex to to avoid a lot of things <laughs> for sure i should try that it's been a while um i don't recommend it but it, it, it's 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 been known to happen but uh, feel real emotions. Don't hide behind sentiment. Yeah, I mean, it, th- for the most part, I think this is mostly right. Mm-hmm. Um, is this is this just the beginning, the intro for yours? Yeah, this is my first one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't see anything that that would be a not quite in here. Okay. Yeah. All righty. What's yours? Mine. Good evening, Jay. Today you are conflating codependency with security. Placing anyone or and anything on your empty altar won't help you. Use your diplomacy to appreciate messiness instead. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there because that first part, not quite. Uh, love you, co-star, but that's not quite. I think one of my strengths recently is that I have embraced the being alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, embraced not having to have somebody validate that's funny i did text you recently i got like very emotional uh, recently and i texted you hey i love you you know and i definitely appreciate you but i think uh i have enjoyed my freedom kind of finding things alone not having to have somebody around not having to text someone 24 7 mm-hmm. you know not having an object of affection recently so i think that's something uh despite what this says here I am going to say not quite because I've done extremely, extremely well with that. You know what's funny? What's that? Mine yesterday said that exact same thing. Oh, really? Don't need outside validation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't had to have any, but uh, <laughs> uh, I won't read the, the this month. But your main challenge, my main challenge right now, is to uh, allow your ambition to fuel your success. Nothing pains you more than inactivity. I'm going to say that is a right. That part is a right because. As you know, I've taken up jogging. I'm someone who has mm-hmm. uh, definitely not been a fan of, uh, of, uh, of 
physical uh, cardio type exercise, mm-hmm. but I've taken up jogging. I've done you know five miles, five miles, and another five miles for fifteen combined. And that I feel when I feel inactive or kind of what am I going to do? Uh, I feel like I have no energy to do anything. For some reason, that jog, and I'll get into this later, but what I do during that jog, oh my god, invigorates me and makes me like totally amps me up. So that's what I'm going to say for that. That was a not quite and a right. What part was that? That was the just the beginning. Oh, okay. Uh, you know what? I'm going to lead on that, and I'm going to say power. I'm going to go for power. I'm going to keep it positive in uh, spirituality. The real mark of a person's character is how they conduct themselves in stressing, distressing situations. Mm-hmm. Use your intuition to understand your intense experiences and interests. If you can figure out how to remain open to different perspectives. Uh, the mark of a person's character is how they conduct themselves in distressing situations. I will say, yeah, I would say uh, that's right. And a right for me right now. Mm-hmm. I got bad news. Uh, just yeah, I won't even call it bad news. I got bad, disappointing, you know, news this week. Yeah. And I w- one thing I did with that is I didn't. I didn't even. You know, I didn't even tell you about it. I don't think because I didn't give it enough power. Mm-hmm. And it had to do with uh, with somebody else. And I let them. I was like, "Hey, I'm here for you." And I let them deal with that mm-hmm. rather than personalizing this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe I'm learning yeah, how to. That do- happened to me actually this week too. Oh, really? Yeah. I I found myself like kind of a being available, but also kind of detaching from the situation. Mm. Like like, hey, I'm here. We can talk about it if you want, but. I'm gonna let you deal with whatever you gotta deal with right now because yeah. I don't want to like get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all I'm gonna do is like that's gonna take away from my energy. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like I can give you my energy, but I don't want to be caught up in whatever chaos that you're in right now. Yeah, that's it, it's a weird dance sometimes being available but not being sucked into the drama, being yeah. uh, caring and compassionate, uh, mm-hmm. pulling someone up without letting them pull you down. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, what's my next one that I want to do? I'm going to do thinking and creativity. Okay. Uninspired. Today and tomorrow, your own intelligence may feel closed off. Try to reconnect with your objectivity. It won't help you to draw a straight line from here to the future or the past. I'm going to say a little bit not quite. Okay. I'm going to kill this one. Because A, uh... I've had a little bit of a, a creative breakthrough uh, just in the past day or two, and that's really kind of like pushed oh. me into like a new uh, realm of kind of like, hey, I really want to do this now. So I'm feeling inspired right now. Does this say you're having trouble with thinking creativity? Yes. Okay. So it says try to I try to reconnect with your objectivity. Um, mm. <laughs> what's objectivity? Uh, object being looking at things from it, it, when you're subjective, you see it third person. Well, subjective is when you're looking at something and it's just about that and you have a personal experience with it. Objective is looking at it outside like I can see it from different angles. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, then that part is a right. Um, So reconnecting with my objectivity and making sure I'm not getting involved, obviously, is a part of that. Um, It won't help you to draw a straight line from here to the future or the past. Right. Because... You want to stay in the in the middle ground. You want to stay like you know grounded. You want to stay um, you know, focused on the future, but not uh, too far in advance. You want to just kind of stay in the moment. 
Right. Yeah. Cool. You know, so I'd say that was a mostly not quite a little bit of a type. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to I mirror you here because it's telling me, uh, co-star is telling me that my trouble, trouble, trouble <laughs> is in uh, thinking creativity. So uh, let's let's look at that. Okay. So trouble, it says trouble, trouble. Uh, you, speaking of me, temp- typically integrate new ideas with absolute practicality. Uh, I, I'm going to say uh, tight. Uh, during this period, however, you may feel particularly stubborn, making it important, making an important time to be aware of miscalculations related to your process of self-discovery. During this period, however, you may feel particularly stubborn, making uh, it important to be aware of the miscalculations. Uh, it can be embarrassing to stand in front of an accurate, well-aimed mirror. You come face to face with your plain image. It's natural to wince. It's brave to keep on looking. You know, I'm gonna parts of it. I'm gonna say again. I'm gonna say tight mm-hmm. because it's funny uh, when I was recording. I was, I'll, I'll say that uh, I've always heard, uh, when I was a kid, my mother used to say, my poor baby, you can, you know, you're a good public speaker, but you can't sing or dance. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if you've ever seen me dance. You've seen me dance before. Yeah, uh, it's like, like, mom status moves. Yeah, or, yes. or dad, or dad moves. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. But at any rate, uh, and singing is one of those things where I used to view myself as, I'm a singer-songwriter, but I used to view myself as just a writer and I can't so in the studio uh, the producer shout out to Jason Lowry awesome producer and uh, you know he was telling me that he liked my voice and a couple of other people liked my voice and I realized that you know staring myself in the mirror with this thing that was so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. was scary Uh, but I think uh, and I've learned okay I I dig my voice I like it but uh, it's the part about during this period you may feel stubborn, making it important uh, to be uh, to be aware of miscalculations related to your process of self discovery. I think that that part is a not quite because one thing that I will say about this week more than anything is man, I've been doing. You know, uh, and I love co-stars, so I can take a, a look at this as something as a warning to make sure I don't slip into that. Mm-hmm. But one strength I've had recently is, hey, I'm just gonna do, stay in the process of doing, and I think that's been awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. What do I want to do for my last one? Um, routine, spirituality, social life, or self? Um, let's just do self. Okay. Cool. Oh, okay. Um, out of sorts. This is a trouble. Pluto determines how you grapple with the darker and scarier issues of life, like trauma and death. Your Pluto is in Scorpio, which means that when things are good, you investigate and heal with deep insight. But when things are hard, you become anxious and things you can't about things you can't control. This area is causing you pain right now. Stop daydreaming. Take an intellectual risk, mm-hmm. even though you don't feel ready. I'm going to say this is a not quite. Okay. Um, Just because I'm fascinated with (laughs) death and trauma and stuff. And I do think that I do go maybe a little bit overboard at times and I might unnecessarily cause myself, like, you know, maybe a little bit of damage. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always 
think that like I have a pretty good grapple on uh, how I process those kind of information. Like I, I basically, I'm an artist, so like what, yeah. what I do is like I, I take these ideas, I process them, and I kind of spew them back out in whatever way. Um, or whatever my way is. So I think I have a pretty good handle on how that happens. Uh, so I'm going to say this is mostly not quite for me. However, I do get anxious about things that I can't control. So that part is mm. alright. Um, when things like, you know, financial issues come up or, um, you know, I've had car troubles or, or things. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, my brand new car, gone. Oh. <laughs> I got into an accident literally like the week that... Or a week after I got it, I was so embarrassed. Oh. Yeah. But anyways, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah. But um, I, I still have my old car, which is good and decent. It's, it's fine. But um, I, I was very anxious about that. I ended up, like, we took a little break that week because I was like, I need to just deal with this right now. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, like, I, I, I think this is mostly kind of like a not quite, but there are some parts that are right. Um, how the advice is take an intellectual risk even though you don't feel ready yeah mostly not quite but there are some some right aspects about this definitely nice yeah uh, so we were in uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick for my last one sex and love let's do it I you know I just want we haven't talked about enough sex in this show. <laughs> um, sex and love that's where it says my pressure is um, ooh I, I was going to say, right, put the pressure uh, on. <laughs> Mars is pushing, damn you, Mars, pushing on me right now. This is why you're being challenged to assert your boundaries. Try to maintain the innocence of a child if you can. Anything is better than to leave one wreck for another. Wow. Um, what, what wreck? What wreck are we talking about? You know, it's so funny. I'll, I'll say this. I don't even know Mars pushing you. This is why I try to, the innocence of a child. I don't even know what the hell all that means, right? I know what it means, but I'm trying to figure out what does it mean to, to me. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say tight because I'm bouncing all over right there. Um, it's so funny that I have, speaking of being a demisexual, mm-hmm. uh, I have been, you know, I recently got, I was seeing someone, I'm not now, and my part of my process right now is that I think before I get physical mm-hmm. uh, next time, I definitely want more connection, more kind of uh, a commitment uh, beforehand, which is not everybody's thing, but I think it's mine now. But uh, part of me this week, there was just you know excitement and pressure, and I thought about like, huh, how can we be wild in this area? And I, I it, it was just a, a thought. Mm-hmm. But it was a lingering thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, in that sense, there has been pressure in this, you know, here uh, with sex and love. But I think that try not to, I'll say this is right, uh, try not to leave one wreck for another. I think that's something that I can definitely heed. And uh, when the uh, uh, impetuous urge uh, <laughs> to do something, not, you know, even necessarily bad, but something against where I was going and where I kind of feel led. An impulse, yeah. Yeah, when in just being okay with being okay. Right. Yeah, so uh, I'll say not quite for part of it and right for the end. Nice. 
Well, that's everything that we have for Right Tighter Not Quite. Thank you, CoStar, for everything. Duncan. And um, screw, also screw you for reading us your fills. Right. <laughs> How dare you. So today uh, we're going to introduce a new segment. I know we did a little bit of a format change on you guys this week, but um, we have a very special new segment that we're going to call Jay's Cosmic Insights. And today, what have you got for us on your insights? I want to talk about meditation. Yes. Uh this is, and this is, you know, meditation, uh, what is it? Why do we need it? So this is the thing. People used to talk about meditation, and I would roll my eyes. Mm-hmm. Me Be- too. Yeah. And it is because, and I thought that I didn't like meditation. Uh, and when people talked about their meditation practices, it's something that was not practical to how I process information. So you talk about meditation, you ask 10 people, what they think meditation is, you're going to get 11 answers. Yep. Now, I think one of the most popular, and a lot of people like the Eastern meditation. I don't bash anything, but I think that's something that, at least up to now, didn't serve me. So I always viewed meditation as sitting in a quiet spot, emptying my mind, and not trying not to think of anything. A lot of people associate it with just like, you know, Buddhists or like religion or like things like that. Right. So that's where like kind of like that resistance comes from, I think. Yeah, I think that was part of it. And the other part of it is sitting, you know, down, being quiet and just emptying my mind. I remember uh, a friend of mine. Yeah. Then some people love that. We were sitting on, on this on this very couch right here and, he, you know, his uh, timer, he said, I'm going to set a timer for five minutes. And he just sat there and he was just all in it, just feeling spiritual and everything. And then five minutes passed, he didn't hear the alarm. Ten minutes passed, and at 11 minutes, I got up, and that's when it, you know, it hit him. And he was like, oh, I was just in this deep state. And I was sitting here just like fidgeting. And I thought I didn't like meditation, but uh, meditation is my view of meditation now, after getting a process that works for me, is focusing on uh, something enough with the conscious mind, mm-hmm. uh, putting enough focus on something with my conscious mind that it becomes part of my subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to explain what I mean by that. That I take a, a, a thought pattern, a something that I want to be part of my, just to be part of my life, and I put enough focus on it in an altered state, and I'll explain what that means. I put enough focus on it in an elevated state with an elevated emotion to where that experience becomes part of my subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So I see that meditation, whether you do that sitting down and sitting still, or whether you fill yourself with a bunch of knowledge or fill yourself, I'll say this, you squeeze a lemon, right? Mm -hmm. You squeeze a lemon, what, what, what comes out? Juice. Whatever's in it. <laughs> whatever the hell is in it, right? Could be coconuts, but you squeeze a lemon, whatever's in it is what's going to come out. And my view of meditation now has changed from just emptying my mind, which didn't serve me, to filling myself with enough so that when I'm squeezed by the pressures of life, the preacher's coming out, uh, <laughs> what I filled myself with is what comes out. And I've talked a lot about jogging recently, right? Mm-hmm. I don't do that meditation thing, and this is just my practice. When you, if you fill yourself with information, or however you are, you know, connect to a higher source or your higher self, uh, being quiet and that—that's fine. I'm an active thinker. I'm a mobile thinker. Mm-hmm. I, you know, can pace and walk and think of things. So that's your Gemini coming out. That is my Gemini. So my jogging. One of the reasons that I like it is I put on music, but I'm not just listening to the music. I'm not just zoning out. 
I'm in that elevated state, which some people get from sitting still. I have started to get from running. In that elevated state, I feed myself the things that I want to become part of my subconscious mind, my my gut reactions. I feed myself that all while I'm running. Thoughts that yeah. I want to be. Because this is what happens. Uh You're yourself, if you will. Yes. Because what happens is that we, we think, what, 65,000 thoughts in the average day. Mm-hmm. 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts as before. Now, when I talk about meditation, everybody meditates, they just don't know it. Mm-hmm. Because we focus on things with our subconscious, uh, with our conscious mind, we consciously focus on things in altered states and elevated states. Oh, I'm so pissed at this. Oh, there's not enough men, uh, good men. Oh, <laughs> there's, not enough, there's not enough money. Oh, we live in the worst economy ever. And we sit there in that elevated emotional state and we focus and we concentrate on that with our conscious mind and it becomes part of our subconscious thinking. So how do I untrain that if I fed myself, if my brain has 65,000 thoughts of all what's going wrong in the world, how do I get out of that? Because I'm, I'm programmed like a computer. You, you know, you, we're doing this on a computer. You pull up your computer program, you press the button, and it, bam, it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So how do I unprogram myself from all that negative thinking? Just me personally, I'll say, there's a lot that I used to think. I used to think that life wasn't fair in certain circumstances. I would say, oh, crap, people like me can't make money because uh, this and this and this and that. And it's a pattern interrupt that I've gotten and that I've been kind of blessed with. So my pattern now of meditation is when I run to feed myself with the new programming about money, mm-hmm. about myself, about what I deserve and love, mm-hmm. about how I, what I radiate. And it's just been a wonderful, I could talk about this forever, but you know, it could be, a, it's just a wonderful, beautiful experience. talk about it forever. This is your section. <laughs> it's my section, but I know we don't have forever, you know. Uh, so that that's you know how I feel about the, the whole meditation thing. Now, when, so I know how, you know, you're, as you're meditating on a certain idea or you're, or you're meditating on positive thoughts, mm-hmm. um, what do you, like, do you empty your like thoughts at all like ever or because that's what most people think of like as meditation is like they, they sit there quietly they empty themselves and that way they can refocus later on i i don't because for me and and this is i'm very it's we had a conversation before about uh uh ios versus android iOS, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, android ongoing OS. argument <laughs> right right and it's not and it's i it's I won't even say what part of well we know who's 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 what on this but the idea is that i don't say things are better certain times something's better for certain people right and for me the emptying my mind some people say you just got to learn to sit with yourself and for me it doesn't work mm-hmm. i think something works by the you know whether something is good or, or not good is by the fruit that it bears And my way of thinking, the way I've been recently, shows that my sense, my new meditation works. So I keep myself active. And you might say, what happens? Well, if I have 65,000 thoughts or a certain amount of thoughts, what happens is as I throw this new programming in, those voices of how, you know, blessed I am, how good I am, how, you know, perfect of a world that I live in. So yeah, the negative thoughts are still in there, but it's like on tumble cycle and it's starting to go right. in. And if there's a certain amount of room, those negative thoughts, I feed myself less of those, so those get kicked out. 
So I know some people say you got to empty your brain, but it's like if there are a bunch of people in a car and a bunch of other people come in, mm-hmm. somebody's going to get pushed out, you know, or in a room or whatever, somebody's going to get pushed out. So I just constantly feed, feed, feed myself with the positive thoughts, the positive energy, the new programming. And I don't even give the old programming any attention. And somehow the old programming becomes, you know, more of a whisper. Right. And it just disappears. So my my meditation, I, I understand how emptying thoughts can help some people. But the whole idea behind the sitting quiet and emptying your thoughts and thinking, that is a different state, different brainwave pattern, different state than I normally find myself in. So it's the same thing. It's thinking on something or even not thinking on something and letting your brain or letting yourself be in a different elevated emotional state, whether it's elevated by running or elevated by being so quiet. You know, I've heard people talk about how they sit quietly and meditate mm-hmm. and they, they get a buzz from it. Mm-hmm. So it's that same type of thing that you can get a buzz by sitting quietly and emptying your brain for some folks. For me, I get that rush of endorphins and I just feed my mind with different you know, things I've learned about money. Money comes to me quickly and easily and frequently from different sources. And now, you know, guess what? That's been happening to me out of nowhere. Things that I say instead of it's not fair anymore, while I'm running, I say things like everything unfolds perfectly for me. I, you know, expect daily miracles and unexpected good fortune. That's what I feed myself with. Thank you, Jake Ducey. (laughs) Yes, Jake Ducey. And, you know, I listen to, and I'll say this too. I'll say this and I'll wrap uh, my section up, but you know, I listen to folks like, uh, you know, shout out to Jake Ducey, uh, uh, who I listen to on, online on, on YouTube and other places, but I've started to listen to uh, Bob Proctor, mm-hmm. his mentor, and folks like jo- Dr. J- uh, Joe Dispenza, mm-hmm. and all these folks that, listen, I am just echoing things that I've learned from other folks wow. that I've incorporated into my life that, 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 that work and I realized some of the folks I've listened to, they learned it from somewhere too. So right. uh, I am in love with this new meditation. It's making, it's helping me to walk into the person that I've always wanted to be. So yay meditation. <laughs> yay. Thank you so much for that. I, I You blew my mind on several occasions <laughs> today. So yeah, thank you, Jay, and your cosmic insights. Thank you. Um, we're going to take one more little break, and then we're going to get back uh, into some deep dive topics in today's topic splash we will get into when we get back ooh Welcome back, everyone. Um, so today's deep dive topic, we are taking a huge leap right into a gleaming black hole of trauma. Ooh. So while we talk about trauma, we're going to get into some clinical uh, expressions of what it is, blah, 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 types of therapies as well. And then uh, we'll have some personal questions to relate afterwards. Um, so while we talk about trauma, we have to define it. So what is trauma? So trauma is defined as a deeply distressing or disturbing incident or physical injury. There are three types of trauma. Acute trauma, which is results from a single incident. Chronic trauma is repeated and prolonged, such as domestic violence or abuse. And then complex trauma is exposure to varied or multiple traumatic events, often of an invasive interpersonal nature. Um, Trauma is a response to a deeply distressing or disturbing event that overwhelms an individual's ability to cope 
causes feelings of helplessness, diminishes their sense of self, and their ability to feel a full range of emotions or, or experiences. Um, there are some uh, emotional signs of trauma, such as sadness, anger, denial, fear, or shame, and all of these can lead to like actual manifestations of uh, personal things, such as like nightmares, insomnia, difficulty with relationships, emotional outburst, things of that nature. Um, there's physical symptoms as well for like a lot yeah. of uh, for physical things, or also like emotional trauma can can manifest in physical forms as well. Um, these can be nausea, dizziness, altered sleep patterns, changes in appetite, headaches, um, gastrointestinal problems, or oh. even physical pain. Um, I've actually experienced gastrointestinal problems from certain emotional. I, you know, it's funny that you said because I had some go along with uh, with, with trauma myself, or I, maybe I didn't even relate the two, but it's uh, it's that's just caught my attention. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are also psychological disorders associated with trauma, and uh, those are uh, PTSD, which is uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. depression, anxiety, disassociative disorders, such as, um, uh, what's the word? Bipolar, not bipolar. Schizophrenia? No. Uh, well, well, shit. She had it in Girl Interrupted. Oh. That's what she had. Uh, I don't know. I was gonna say Tourette's. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, that, oh, that's that's different. Oh, oh my god. god. Anyways, uh, <laughs> if you guys know what it is, please let us know. Tweet me or something. I know exactly. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, but also, they can manifest in psycholo- uh, substance abuse problems. Mm. So I have a question for you. Okay. Um, what are some personal traumas that you've experienced, and how have they affected you? None of your business. <laughs> um, that you feel comfortable with. Personal uh, traumas, you know, there's been, I will say, dealing with, uh, you know, dealing with homophobia has been a Definitely. huge, huge trauma, uh, and that would be the, uh, the a complex trauma, I'd say, um, because just, and we don't view th- those sort of things as trauma sometimes, but just getting an idea of who I am, self-worth, not being allowed to be that person mm-hmm. uh, is one part, but... Another trauma, uh, I'd say, is we. I guess we can just get deep or whatever. Uh, I have dealt with sexual abuse, mm-hmm. uh, sure. da- uh, rape on a date before, and uh, wow, that I'll say this: that uh, that is something that I didn't realize changed me. Oh, yeah, but it's for the longest time. Uh, I had a friend that told me shortly after that, "Is oh, you're not a you know you're not a hugger." And I realized that the way I hugged after that was like that kind of like straight dude, pat, pat, hug, you know? One arm. And then, yeah, yeah, one arm and let go. And I realized, wow, I used to be a lot more affectionate. And I think one way that played out with me is that I was, it kept people at an arm's length. And then when I got comfortable with that person, mm-hmm. I latched on to, you know, to make up for all the, you know, uh, the people that I wasn't being affectionate with. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how it affected me for, for the longest time. Even, I mean, this is obviously a huge thing happening right now, but like racism is a, is a form of like trauma. Mm-hmm. And people have been re-traumatized many, many times over and over again just with the death of George Floyd and mm-hmm. anything that they see online. I was actually talking to a friend of mine last night and, and he went off on a little thing uh, mentally but he was kind of replaying the trauma in his in his head 
And I felt bad because, like, I'm just, like, here listening to it. There's not really anything I can do. I just have to, like, just be there. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, anything like that is is definitely, like, a traumatic experience as well. Even, like, microaggressions. Like, people who uh, will just say, like, little off comments that aren't necessarily, like, overtly racist or anything. But, Mm -hmm. like, those can be cumulative. Those can, like, amass. And then they can really just set people off. Um, something that happened to me, uh, when, uh, I went through a really bad breakup, um, a couple, few years ago, back in 2016. Um, I had not been processing my own kind of like mental, uh, issues as well that I was having. So a lot of that stuff started manifesting in like erratic behavior or bad judgment and things like that. Um, but when I actually went through the breakup, the process of itself was extremely traumatic. And I ended up leaving, uh, my home, leaving, you know, the person that I I loved and, uh, changing my life, completely uprooting myself. And I even, I even took our cat, (laughs) which in and of itself was also traumatic because I kept kind of re-traumatizing myself every time I looked at the cat Mm. because it, it just felt like, you know, I, I loved, I loved Misty so much, but, um, um, I definitely felt every time that I saw her, I felt kind of like an internal sadness, mm-hmm. like whenever I, I was as petting her and, uh, that happened for a long time and I did end up going to therapy and, and kind of processing that in different ways. But, um, it took a long time. It took, you know, at least like a year or two to fully come to terms with everything that happened and, and also just forgiveness and yeah. forgiving myself and uh, getting forg- forgiveness was also a very beneficial part of that. Wow. Yeah. Which was big of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. It shows you, I mean, it's a great, it's a humbling experience when uh, people forgive us sometimes, yeah. especially when they would seemingly have all right not to. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about the types of trauma? I can, and I will. Uh, different traumas. Uh, so trauma is defined by the experience of the survivor. But there is a delineation of trauma levels. Broadly described, they can be classified as large T troubles, uh, traumas rather, and small T traumas. Small T traumas are circumstances where one's bodily safety or life is not threatened, but can cause symptoms of trauma nonetheless. These can be perilous as the cumulative effect of an unprocessed trauma or traumas may trail a person relentlessly. Examples, life changes like a new job or moving, oh, moving. (laughs) Relationship events like divorce, infidelity, or upsetting uh, personal conflict. Life stressors like financial troubles, work, uh, stress or conflict or legal battles. Large T troubles are uh, ex- are extraordinary experiences that bring about several severe distress and helplessness. They are much more difficult or even impossible to overlook, yet they are often actively avoided. As a coping mechanism, this only works for so long. Prolonging access to support and treatment prolongs healing. Examples. One-time events like act of terrorism, natural catastrophes, and sexual assault. Uh, prolonged stressors like war, child abuse, neglect, or violence. 
uh, therapies, uh, because we talked about you, you know, getting help here. Mm-hmm. Therapies. There is no uh, cure for trauma or any quick fixes for the suffering associated with them, but there is hope. Trauma survivors are best served by working with a therapist or therapy that is trauma focused or trauma informed, like uh, psychotherapy, exposure therapies, cognitive behavioral therapy, somatic therapies. Hypnosis, mindfulness, yoga, art therapies, and acupuncture uh, can all help. Uh, medications, primarily, primarily antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications, which can make symptoms less intense and more manageable. Uh, look at the hypnosis, more about getting into the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. Yes. What have you done to cope? with your ordeal with your trauma well um i did talk about therapy Mm -hmm. um i did do that um kind of not faithfully uh, i will say Mm -hmm. um but also just kind of like doing my own internal work um by thinking about it kind of understanding what it was that drove me to do these things i I know a lot of that had to do with like identity issues and, and and past experiences that I hadn't um, kind of processed fully um, I did also like start writing more so like it was kind mm. of like my own art therapy nice expressing myself a little bit more and, and being able to be more comfortable with like what it is that I um, deal with on a daily basis by expressing that in my own artistic form meaning poetry mm-hmm. um, how about you uh, you know the same thing as far as uh, art I always say you can't uh, kill an artist, you can only give him uh, mm-hmm. or her uh, something to write about, right? <laughs> and uh, a fuel for their for their art. And it's uh, that's what I've done. A lot of one of the you know most painful uh, you know breakups can you know can be uh, traumatic also. And someone who I loved loved loved, I just couldn't think of life you know without this person. Uh, back in two thousand seven, we you know anyhow the the whole thing ended. And I was like, oh, but 13, uh, 12 songs came out of that. And some of my best songs came out of that breakup. And I realized that that's one of my mantras now, too, is that I turn painful experiences into beautiful experiences. Totally. Yeah. So writing, writing, I think we're we're twins in that, uh, twinsies in that area. Um, a little bit of a disclaimer, if you have experienced any trauma and we would like to see help, please talk to your tra- primary care physicians and to get the help that you need. There is no shame and no guilt in seeking help. The goal is to work towards a better, more fulfilling life. Any uh, access to this uh, information that we're talking to you about today, um, you'll find a link in my show notes uh, down below. Also, just um, talk to your doctor and there's no shame or guilt in that. That's right. And there's a quote, and I wish I, I hadn't made it up uh, or even found it. Demi found this quote, and I love it. If you don't heal what hurts you, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. Mm. By unknown. By unknown. Who is this un- I don't know who this unknown person is, but he, she, or it is like, mm, on it. This sounds brilliant. Yeah. Um, so we're going to close out the show as we do uh, with our gratitude list. Okay. Because we like to show, end things on a positive note here. Who, who goes first? Should we rock, paper, scissors? Should we? Let's yeah. do it. 
Oh, <laughs> but you, you do. Oh, you know what? It's so funny. I, I didn't even. We rock paper scissors. We didn't even say on three or <laughs> no, no. But, but we didn't say which one uh, was the. You know what we were going for? Be going first or going second? Right. So I, I get my choice. Just I guess choice, I'll just go yeah. first. Yeah. yeah. It's in Rochambeau. I guess is the real name for rock paper scissors. Is it? I did not know that, and I watched uh, the Politician uh, season two. Uh, they said Rochambeau. I'm like, what the hell is I've Rochambeau? Heard, I don't know what it fucking means. Rochambeau is rock, paper, scissors. Wow. That is the official name of rock, paper, scissors. Wow. We learn things here we on sure the Cosmic do. Journey. <laughs> uh, what am I grateful for? I'm, uh, I talk about this jogging thing so much, but it's like, I'm, jo- I'm grateful that I broke another milestone being able to jog 15 miles in one day. I'm grateful for that. Uh, I'm grateful. Uh, I was going to say, I'm grateful that I got in the studio this week. And got to record some awesome, awesome tunes, and that people uh, liked what uh, what I listened to. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to have a process that allows me to change my views on money, on myself, and on life in general. So I'm grateful. Yes, um, I'm grateful for my mom. Uh, Aww. <laughs> I I swear she's gonna be like on my grateful list every week, but. Uh, just because today I've had kind of like an emotional kind of issue just since the accident and everything and, and thank God like I'm alive right now yeah but one of the things I just felt such like so guilty of uh, was that I used 2000 of her like she paid for the down payment for the car mm-hmm. and it was $2,000 that she put down just of her own money not a qualm about it just just did it and I was just like mom like I wasted your money like I, I just felt so guilty about it but today she just said, you know, when you texted me and you said that you were having the time of your life driving around in it, she said, that's all I needed. Oh. And I was just like, oh. I literally cried. And I was like, mom, like I'm going to cry again right now. But <laughs> I was just like, like, just wow. Like, like, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't be. I love you, mom. I love you. Um, but uh, I'm also grateful for music. Mm. Uh, this past couple of days I've been listening to Juice World. And those of you who don't know, uh, he is a brilliant rapper and songwriter and, and freestyler. He did pass away last year mm. um, from a seizure on an airplane. But uh, he, his album, his posthumous album, uh, Legends Never Die, came out. And I've been listening to it on repeat. I've been crying on repeat. Just because, like, he, he is so powerful with, like, how he expresses himself. The best part about it is that he has uplifting messages in it like yes he's expressing his like his his traumas or, or his you know mm-hmm. negative aspects but he's also expressing like hopefulness I and, like that yeah and I heard you played one of his songs earlier and it did and it's a banger yeah 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 <laughs> fusing different types of music yeah um, but I'm also uh, grateful for inspiration and creativity because I've had just in the past like two days like I've had just like this big burst of energy and I've been writing and writing and writing about this new project and I hopefully it will be coming out very soon I don't want to give it too much away but I am grateful <laughs> for the burst of inspiration and creativity that I've had in regards to that nice but um yeah I think that's pretty much the end of the today's episode thank you for listening thank um, you you can find us on social media I'm Dimitri Wild on everything 
And I'm Jay Maceo, or Jay Maceo Music, on everything. You can find links to the description and link uh, to our social media pages in the description down below. Um, don't forget to rate and subscribe as well. Those really help us out in the long run. Um, Patreon as well. Patreon. Yeah, we have. We will be getting some more. <laughs> I have an idea. I'll actually bring it up to you afterwards. But um, and possibly YouTube coming. Yes, we have a, a maybe a YouTube channel coming up. So, um, other than that, thank you for listening. And as always. Godspeed, Godspeed Star Seeds. Star Seeds.